Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. Alrighty, welcome back once again to another episode of the Bold Believer Podcast. This is episode number eight, and we're excited to be here. I'm I'm Josh Schneider, your host, and with me in the studio once again is Talon Arndt. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to episode eight, everybody. Yeah, we're we're trucking through here, and I appreciate you tuning in once again. If you haven't already, um, and and you're more relevant or, or like using social media maybe a bit more, we are on Facebook under Bold Believer. We are on YouTube under the bold believer. I think it's just bold believer, but anyway. Um, and then of course, anywhere where you get your podcasts on Apple and iTunes and Spotify, and pretty soon here, we'll be putting this podcast up on YouTube as well. If you prefer that. So welcome back. We're going to jump right into another topic, a topic based around foundations. Uh, before we do that, I got, I got some questions for you, Talon. I got a, a quiz for you. I'm going to ask, ask some questions and you tell me what they all have in common. All right. Um, can you can you guess what this building is? It has something to do with the parable of the house on the rock. It was built between uh, 1173 and 1350. It is about two meters above sea level. It has a bell tower of a cathedral. Hmm. It has poor foundations. A famous scientist dropped two balls from the same weight from that, and they reached the bottom at the same time. The scientist was Galileo. It was somewhere in Italy, or it is somewhere in Italy. In 1997, it had a lean of 5.2 meters from the vertical. Now, if you're on the other end and you know the answer, don't say it out loud. Let's see if Talon knows. What do you think the answer is? Um, would it be the leaning tower of Pisa? Yeah, it's definitely the leaning tower of Pisa. I knew it. Yeah, well, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, it's not like we discussed this prior. <clears throat> I mean, but did you know that, listener? Did you know that that's what it was? Okay, well, that's good. Well, here's the question, though. Why does the tower lean? Well, the answer, it's because it had a poor foundation. Foundations are crucial. Most of us, if we've lived any amount of time, we know that what we see above the ground or what we see above the surface is just... The beginning, the tip of the iceberg, one might say. What's below the ground, what's below the surface, what's inside, as we can equate it to, is what will truly matter. Uh, We see this fleshed out in many aspects of life, not just in physical foundations. We're going to talk a bit about foundations here, though. Jesus was a great illustrator, and one of the places that this is clearly seen are in his parables. Uh, Talon, do you know what a parable is? It is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Yeah, that is it. Perfect. Earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus often told them to uh, get the attention of his audience. In his day and time within the culture, stories were a crucial part of not only iterating truth, but keeping people's attention. And when he spoke to crowds, many times he would would speak in parables. And sometimes he would speak in parables um, just so things weren't as clear because the crowd wouldn't listen and then he'd go on to explain the parable to his disciples or those who would desire to know the truth of it. So today I want us to look at a very familiar parable of Christ. In this portion of scripture, Jesus tells of two men who illustrates false and true faith. False and true faith. 
there are two builders that represent everybody who will ever exist. You're saying, what? How, how does that work out? Two builders, yes. Two men that represent, in the parable, everybody who ever has and will exist. There's a wise man that is referred to who heard the word of God and obeyed it. And then there's a foolish man that this parable refers to who heard the word of God and went on to ignore it. If you've heard the story, stay with us. There's some applications we want to pull from it, not just some of the simple, more obvious ones that maybe you could, that come to mind. There's something more in particular I want to point out here towards the end, so stick with us here. But if you haven't heard it, you go over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and 25 is what we'll start off with to define the wise builder. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. It fell not. The rains fell. We'll get into some of the implications of what this parable means. Again, an earthly story, something that we get a physical picture for in our mind, something we might even be able to relate to, some physical things going on here. The house was built, the rains fell, the house did not fall. Why? Because it was founded upon a a rock or a foundation, a solid foundation. Um, Again, we'll talk a bit about that here in a moment. Let's move on to what uh, this parable calls the foolish builder. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Hmm. This uh, particular Bible story doesn't go on and describe what kind of houses was built. Jesus didn't describe it, but one can only imagine that both had an understanding of how to build. I've seen some depictions of this, uh, animated depictions of this particular story, and we've got to understand that both houses probably were solid, at least in building. They were built, there was a nice roof, maybe there was some good windows. Again, it was a parable, so we can't, we can only speculate so much, but the, the houses were the same, at least in essence of that they were a house. They were probably livable. There was probably no leaks in the roof and things like that. Uh, but what was the difference between the two men? What was the only difference that we see in between the two men that made them foolish or wise? You see, the houses looked the same. But when the test came, the test, that trial of the house in which it was going to face, that revealed what was built, what it was truly built on. Yeah. So the 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 tests and the trials, or in this parable, the rain, the floods, the water, tested it, and the only thing that was different is the foundation, whether or not it was on a foundation. Amen. And ultimately, just like with the Leaning Tower of Pisa, if you don't have a foundation that is solid, it's going to show when hard times come. Let's quickly uh, look back at Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. Go ahead and read uh, verses 13 through 23 if you wouldn't mind telling Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from of thorns, or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. 
Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What are you founded upon? The verses that we just read were ones that preceded the parable. He goes on to give the parable that ties into the same ideas that were, that were hashed out in the verses in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. First, it talks about the road, the road in which we walk in this life. The one that we all start on is that wide, open, maybe even easy road. But the road that God calls us to, the road that we must walk as children of God, the road that he steers us on, and if we steer off, the Bible says, to whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and correcteth or scourgeth every son whom he receives. So if we, if we try to get off that road as children of God, um, he'll bring us back because he's a loving father, just like my father when I was messing up and throwing rocks at the neighbor's windows. He came out, and I got, uh, had to go to the woodshed for a minute and, and help pay for the neighbor's window. I mean, how much more would our loving Heavenly Father do those things that would help guide his children on the path that he knows is best? So that path is not easy in many cases. That path is narrow. It's hard to find. Why? Because there's so much in this life that wants to, to come back at us and say, hey, I'm the way or I'm the truth. There's so many other people or other religions. There's so many other doctrines out there that claim to have the answers. Everything shines like glitter. It looks so cool and fantastic to the human eye and all the, the bars and the partying and the, and the pornography and everything in yeah. our mobile devices that we all have a hand to just through our phone. We mm -hmm. can access all these other things. And that's why... It is broad. It is wide. It's easy. It's a path where many will fall yeah. into. And we all walk in, in this way that is easy for the human body to live in. Yeah. But Jesus said, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me. Yeah. And that is the narrow path. Yeah. It's a, much like a, a fish that just flows downstream. It might seem easier, but the only fish that flows downstream is a dead fish. You know, that's, a, that's just an example, but, you know, truly we are called to go against the current of this world. And when I, the reason why I'm saying all this and the reason why Jesus said it and then goes on to give this parable is because it does go hand in hand. Truly, um, as he goes on to give the example of fruits and trees and what the tree bears, truly what your foundation or what is, whatever your foundation is, it will show when testing comes. Just like a fruit tree is going to show when it's time, when it is time for them to produce fruit, it will show what truly is underneath. And then more specifically in the parable that was given, when tests and trials and storms in this life come and bombard our houses... What we are founded upon is what will truly hold us up or let us sink. And sadly, sadly, many of us in this life, many people in this life, I look around and see so many broken people who don't have a foundation. And that is one of the key reasons of why we get discouraged and, and let down so often because the foundation is not where it should be. Hmm. If a trial were to come, would you say, I believe in Christ even unto death? Hmm. What is your foundation? That is uh, definitely one of the biggest 
trials or biggest examples, being a martyr for your faith that any of us um, would face in this life? And you know, I, I, and maybe maybe that's an overstatement because sometimes the drawn out, ongoing thorns in the flesh type of trials are almost more miserable than being a martyr and going to be with Christ. Paul, for example, he wow. he went on and and said he was ready to to die for his faith and he knew he was going to because Nero had a, his name on his bucket list to to take out and uh, he said I'm ready to go but I, I also desire to be with you so that I can I can see you grow in your faith and I can I can write these letters and I can teach you but it's I better I, for I, me to go. Yeah, I want to go on and better go. for you that I stay. Yeah, he yeah. reiterates in Romans or not Romans, uh Philippians, I believe it is where he speaks on, I want to be with Christ, which is far better than anything this world can offer. So yeah, the trials and the testing truly will reveal what is underneath. Does that mean that we as Christians will always stand up to every single trial that comes our way? No, but let me reiterate this. Let me reinstate this. If you are standing on God and you are trusting in what his promises are already, that have already been given to you, you will stand. Sometimes we show our lack of trust when we look at the waves and we sink, just as Peter did. Um, uh, the foundation of which we each should have in our life, if you profess to be a child of God, is, is Christ. And I have a couple more thoughts on that here in a second, but I just want to read a verse that iterates that message in 1 Corinthians 3.11 where it says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he is the foundation. He is the foundation. So when we get to heaven someday, the Bible says that God will try every one of our works, and this is to believers. He will try every one of our works and and burn away the wood, hay, and the stubble, everything that we did that wasn't for eternity, everything that we did that was for selfish reasoning, everything that we did that was for naught. It'll burn away, and all that is left is what we did for Christ. That is all that will last through that fire. And if nothing else is there, what it, what remains? If if my sin uh, is all that was piled up and, and I maybe died a young believer and I had a, a rep sheet behind me that wasn't a victory and I wasn't walking the victory Christ gave me, if God looks at my my wrong, the things that I've done against him, and he burns away all of the evil, what's going to be left? Talon, can you speculate based on what we're talking about, what would be left? Nothing. Hmm. Nothing besides the foundation. And uh, let me let me see if I get the verse here real quick. Talon, could you read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 that ties this thought back real well? Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And go on and read the next verse, if you don't mind. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Mm. Mm. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? You're going to suffer loss, but the foundation is there, and that foundation is what Christ did on the cross, the covering of the blood that he shed for us as children of God. I, I can't iterate this enough. It always comes back to the idea that we are secure in Christ. We talked about that uh, very recently. And... Uh, we are secure in Christ because of what Christ did on the cross. And he is our foundation. So let me ask you, do you know what your foundation is? 
Do you know that Christ is your foundation? And if so, let me go on to ask this. Let's move on from the foundation because that is the very first and foremost. We don't just lay foundations everywhere and then expect there not to be a building. God calls each of us to do something on top of that foundation, to build something on top of that foundation. Without Christ, it doesn't matter what you build. It's going to fall when trials come and when testing comes. And when you go into eternity without that foundation, you will not stand. Who can stand before a righteous and in the hands of of an angry God? Who can stand? Nobody, because the foundation isn't there. But with Christ, you can stand. And with Christ, from there, God calls us each to build upon that foundation. My next question for you is, what are you building on that foundation? What does God call you to build that foundation? Are you building a house, spiritually speaking? Are you, are you sowing into the kingdom? Are you building up reward that you can, you'll, you'll be able to see and experience someday in eternity? I mean, that, that verse we just read goes on to speak of this reward. Are you building upon that foundation? Most of us, if we set out to build a house, would not just build whatever and however we wanted to and made up the dimensions ourselves. We would go to a blueprint. We would go to some sort of material or bomb or build of materials that we would need so that we knew what we needed. We, we knew how would we need to build it. We'd know the measurements, the dimensions, the details in which to build this house. Let me tell you this, and let me say this very clearly. God gives us the blueprint. And can you guess what, what that blueprint is, Talon? The Word of God. Word of God. The Bible. And so if you aren't... In Scripture, yourself, personally, it's like you're trying to build this house without the blueprint. Truly, if you want to build, if anybody wants to build anything of substance or of value, especially when it comes to things like a house, you're going to need details. And even the best of builders and contractors need details. They need measurements. They need direction. They need uh, specifics. Because while you're building a house, you don't see the big picture, or at least not in many aspects. There's so many details that will be left out. And I don't want to get too wild and crazy with this analogy, but understand that Christ has details in our life that he would have us instigate and institute in our life. And if we aren't going to the blueprint, we're not going to do so. And we're not going to be right where God would have us be. So let me challenge you this. If you aren't getting into God's Word, or if you're not making personal time to pray and to be alone and to ask direction and wisdom of God, I mean, Scripture says, if any man asks of wisdom, let him, let him ask of God. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Are you lacking wisdom? I am. I want to wake up every single day and pray, God, give me wisdom today. Because truly, if we have wisdom that we can exercise in our lives, we are not going to fall and our house will stay strong because it is on a foundation. But it will be built and be becoming built in the right way. If we have wisdom to exercise the discernment in God's word, the discernment in this life, and how to reach out to a lost world to be that light, to be that beacon of hope in the night, Our foundation is secure, and the house that we build is one that inspires the onlooking world to wonder, what do you have that I don't? Well, first and foremost, don't build build your house on a sand. Don't build your life on shallow Christianity. Don't build your life on shallow uh, doctrine or religion. Don't build your life on things that will fail. And I truly believe, based on what I've seen in life so far and the testimonies of those who've come before me, that when, you, when we try to build our life on anything and everything, we're not going to find completion and we're going to fall into the test and the trials 
come. Here's an illustration I heard on the radio a couple of days ago. Um, there's a man, and this is a true story. Uh, one of the hosts of the radio, as they're doing their uh, fundraiser, was speaking on the, about this man he talked to a, a few weeks back. He said this man was at this cancer fundraiser from his church, and uh, they called him Pineapple Head. He had a pineapple spray paint around his head. It wasn't spray paint, but it was whatever it was, hair color, and it, it had something to do with raising funds for cancer. Anyway, he was a very passionate person for God and the things of God and, to, and doing things um, in, in his church and his community that pointed others back to God and the healing and hope found in Christ. This man was not always this way, though. I mean, much as all of us were, but this man had a very unique life. Um, he grew up fairly well off and eventually moved to Iran. While in Iran, he became uh, a Muslim. He converted to being a Muslim. Now, let me stay, say this before I get too far. He grew up in the church but his story goes that he never heard the gospel clearly, never understood who this Jesus guy was. So he got out of the church, he got out of his home, he moved to Iran, he became a Muslim. And after some time, through some tests and some trials, found that being a Muslim was not what held him together. It didn't fill the void, it didn't fill the gap, it didn't complete what he believed was supposed to be there. It didn't give him true direction in his life. He went on to move to uh, it was India. He became and tried uh, Buddhism. And after some time, the very same thing happened. The same feelings, the same thoughts, the same workings out of this faith that he was trying out just didn't seem to flesh out and never didn't seem to equal out to being true. So he, after again some time, he moved to England and he tried Hinduism. And uh, once again, the same story. He moved back to America, kind of lost and mentally broken in religion. And so he became a self-professing atheist, figured, well, I've tried three of the major world religions, and, uh, well, they didn't seem to pan out, so maybe there is no God. After six months, uh, during the six months that went by, he joined the army, and as he was uh, overseas with his platoon on a deployment, one of his, one of his buddies was uh, reading a book. He stood next to him, and he asked him, hey, what are you reading? And his, his friend looked at him and said, that's the Bible, and I got a verse here if you wouldn't mind me sharing with you real quick, and it's found in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, verses 20. And Talon, could you read that verse that he read to him? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now, if you know anything about that verse in the context of it, it is a verse spoken to a church that was not right with God. It was spoken to a church that had a good, maybe good religion, but not good faith. It did not have itself founded upon Christ, at least in as a whole. And so he, uh, the church that, that John wrote in, the, in Revelation 2 was not founded upon uh, Christ, and, and Christ was outside the church knocking but this friend was able to take a verse that he just read and, and iterate this message to his, to his searching and his wandering um, friends who tried all the different faiths, at least in, in a large aspect, and, 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 and tell him about the gospel and what Christ did. And for the first time when he heard the gospel and the message that was so different from any other religion that he had heard about, that he had tried, that he had experienced... He put his faith in what Christ did on the cross for him and made Christ his foundation. And truly, from then on, he said, I built my life upon Christ and have never regretted it and never looked back. That's not to say it's going to be an easy life. We're going to close here pretty quick, but let me, let me come back to these thoughts. What is your life built on? If it is Christ, then let me ask you, what are you building? How are you building it? 
God wants to direct. God wants to lead. But are you letting him be your Lord? Is he your Lord? Are you professing him as Lord and walking that out? Hey, perfection is unattainable, I believe, in this life. But he does give us the blueprints so that we can lean in and get close to, to his will and his desire for our lives. And it is an amazing place to be when you are going to the Bible, when you're going to him in prayer, when you are praising him through the storms, when you are giving him your all. He will use whatever he wants to use to glorify him, to glorify his purposes in your life, and to truly give you life, that abundant life. Maybe not the easiest life, but that abundant life only found in him. You'll find that only by starting with the foundation of Christ. It don't matter how fancy your house is. It doesn't matter how many windows you got in the skylights, how many, how much electricity and how, how clean your energy is that you're running through your house. When the storm comes, if you're founded on the sand, you're going to fall. Are you founded on that rock? I don't want to sound like a broken record player, but maybe I'm giving you something if you're a Christian, if you know that you're founded on the rock. Maybe I'm giving you some things that you can go out and share with your friends. So many people in this day and age, so many people in every day and age are wandering around looking for foundations that will not stand, equivalent to building your house upon the sand. But we have a God, we know a God who can give stability, who can give true and ultimate freedom, who can give true and complete peace through the storms that life throws our way. And so in closing, let me end on this illustration, maybe give you some things to chew on as we, uh, as we go out here. If somebody gave you a million dollars or $10 million, you put any number that you want there. If somebody gave you a whole lot of money and uh, said, it's, it's yours, you can do whatever you want with it, wouldn't it affect how you live? Not just that. Wouldn't you want to tell somebody? Wouldn't, you wanna, wouldn't it affect how you talk to people? Wouldn't it affect how you saw life? Wouldn't it affect on the, the opportunities that you looked around to see? I think most of us would say yes. And maybe some of us would think, well, I don't think I need a million dollars in my life right now. That'd not be good for me. But, but the deeper message there is it would affect you and it would change you. It would give you a different perception on life. It would, tr- it would make it to where you, you looked at people and the things in the world and stuff and, and, and all that in a different light if you had so much more difference like that. Well, how much more so when Christ moves in and gives us eternal life, forgiveness of all wrong that we've ever done, past, present, and future, and, and an abundant life to walk out in Him? How much more should that affect our lives? And it all starts when you build on the foundation, which is Christ. Hey, don't be that foolish builder. Get on the foundation. Build upon Christ. Start with Christ and then build that house. Follow the blueprints. Get into the Word of God. Get into prayer and walk that out every single day. I appreciate you checking out the Bold Believer podcast and listening to episode number eight. I I hope we've given you some things to think on and some encouragement this week as you're going uh, throughout your week here. And and I, I pray you'll come back next week for the next episode of the Bold Believer podcast. Please drop a rating, give us a review, share the podcast episode if you feel that it's been some encouragement or help in your life today. And please uh, check out our YouTube channel and Facebook page under Bold Believer. I'm Josh Schneider, your host, signing out for another episode. And this is Talon Art signing out. I love you guys. Remember to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people, hate sin. Be blessed and have an amazing week. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.